Let me tell you about what happened last time on Let Me Tell You About Homestuck. Yeah, so uh, it looks like the file I used to save all the audio clips for the recaps got lost somehow, so I don't have any recaps for you this time. Wh whoops. Uh, what, ha what happened? You know what, just go listen to the old episode to figure out what happened. I ain't your fucking grandma. Do grandmas recap podcasts to their children, to their grandchildren? I mean, John's probably would. Look, I don't care. Here's the new episode. Deal with it. Welcome back to Let Me Tell You About Homestuck. It's a podcast where we read a webcomic and pretend like that's entertaining for anyone but us. <laughs> I'm, I'm Luke. I'm one of the people here. Uh, I'm Ashley. I'm the other person here. Yep. Ashley, do you want to tell the people what you've done? Shh. There's more what you've done to me, but... <laughs> I don't know if that's a fair characterization. Honestly, yeah. So th this is will be the first episode of me just fully going hard in on being a Homestuck fan. I am into it. Yeah. I have bought uh, several of the albums, and I have bought my first merchandise for a character I have not even met. Yes. You have bought gloves branded with Nepeta's logo. And I've also, that has led a lot of people saying, sorry, I'm an Aquarius. Yeah. We'll get to yeah. that, I guess. We, we'll we get to it. Uh, you really rolled snake eyes on that one. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'm also not a person who likes the ocean that much. Okay, so not even on, like, the lightest level are you... Oh, boy. I'm trying to think. How do you feel about, um, seahorses? Um, I can take them or leave them. Okay, well, okay. Uh... Mm, nope, there's just nothing. <laughs> yeah, well, and, like, also not just, like, but, like, in Homesuck, but, like, in the real world, wherever right. people talk about, like, Aquarius stuff, it's always like, oh, you love the ocean, and I'm like, no. Yeah, yeah. Which is probably the reason why I never got super into Zodiacs. Oh, sure, right. Is because, like, usually there's that, like, oh, this is so me, but, like... Right, just nothing. Yeah, like, no, it's like... <laughs> Nah, and once like once one major thing falls apart, it's like oh, this is all falling apart. I, I guess both you and the Aquarius troll have dyed hair. Oh, that's something. That's something. <laughs> dyed hair on a similar but not the same part of the color spectrum. Hmm. Okay. That's the best I can do. Uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, should we start? Yeah, let's start. Because uh, I, I yeah. will say. I, I've been itching to get back into Homestuck. Yeah, we are recording less than a week since last time because you were ex so excited to keep reading. Yeah, I, I really wanted to get to it, and I yeah. felt like I shouldn't do it. Well, yeah, you, you definitely shouldn't. But yeah, you mentioned you would be up to Act 5 by now if you didn't have to th throttle your speed for this yeah, podcast. I don't know how far Act 5 is. So it's, like, it, I mean, if you were reading it a lot, like every day, you could be at Act 5 by now. Okay. <laughs> um, it, it would be a lot of reading, but it would be possible. Yeah. Now, getting to Act 6, no. Yeah. Nope, not even a little. I, I do think that one of the major problems I had reading this the first time is I d 
don't know if I I think I skimmed a lot of the the chat logs. Yeah, a lot of people did that early on, just assuming from coming from Problem Sleuth that the dialogue wasn't all that important, and then they could skip it. And, and well, not only is the dialogue you know important for plot reasons, but it yeah. is you know I've heard some people say, and like the stuff I've really really been liking about this comic so much is that the characters are so strong, and the characters Definitely. really come through. Uh, you know, obviously the most in the dialogue. Yeah, I think even people that fell off hard on the story still enjoy the characters and the dialogue. So last time, last time, uh, John was up to something. What was he doing? He was just scampering around his house. Yeah, he was. Uh, All right, he was in his dad's study, and he like had to. He, like, he's trying to climb those stairs, bro. That's right. Yes, Rose had made a very narrow, unsafe set of stairs for him. Mm-hmm. That uh, yeah, he should have known better. But uh, also, I mean, he war- mis- we warned oh, him. We warned yeah, him. We did warn him, bro. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, we got into Dad's safe and saw some mysterious things in there. Uh, a Colonel Sassikers. Uh, yes, a very old edition of Colonel Sassikers, covered in goop. Covered in goop. Uh, and at the very end, we saw some very large hands. Some jestery hands. Yeah. Ah, so who knows what that could mean. Yeah. Dave, ignore little cow and find the beta. The answer is not us, because it's not going to let us know right now. Yep. You wander over to the place where your bro keeps his sweet turntable gear. Man, that setup is sweet. You feel pangs of jealousy whenever you walk by it. Really cool jealousy, though. Like, the kind where instead of getting all worked up about it, you don't actually give a shit. One of your brother's rad and extremely expensive ninja swords is missing, though. You know this drill all too well. Trouble's a Bruin. So they both have the sword specubus. Yeah, yeah. Just because swords are cool. Yeah. Well, so far, like, from what we've heard, Dave's bro seems like he's tapped into the game mechanics of Homestuck more than uh, the other parents and stuff. Yeah. Because he's teaching Dave about capture log rules and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and, and so because of that, Dave is a bit more into the, like, you know, the game mechanics of the world. Yeah, of the universe that he lives in. Yeah. Which I, I, we, in the intervening time, I talked a lot about in some of, like, how it frustrates me at some points. Uh, oh, which element of it? Obviously, like, you know, this is a world of, like, somewhat magical realism. Sure. And a lot of, like, magitech. And so, like, I was mainly wondering, like, what they thought Scrub was gonna be. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, whether they thought it was going to just be a, like, you know, regular computer game of some sort that they just didn't know. They're like, oh, I've heard this is really good. Or right, if they right. knew it was going to be a Sim-style thing where you're moving on people's actual stuff. Yeah. And just didn't know about the meteor part. Yeah, and we'll get a little bit more about, like, how this world is different from the real world. But I think a lot of that exists on almost, like, a metaphorical layer that makes more sense as that aspect of things develops. Um, and that's, that's probably about all I can say at this point. Okay. Uh, there's the, the Saw doll. Yeah, he's got a Saw, a marionette of Jigsaw from the movie Saw. Yeah. Take expensive ninja sword. Before you can grab it, some kind of shadow flashes by and takes it. What sword? Let's exit your bro's room, I don't... Oh, that same shadowy figure dropped little cow right behind Dave. Oh no. You approach the exit. There's something on the door you haven't seen before. Looks like one of your bro's ironic comics he left for you to check out. So, 
His bro also makes ironic comics. Yes. Yes, he does. Uh, next. We've got uh, Rolf from the Muppet Babies looking uh, at a dead and naked animal from the Muppet Babies. What have uh, I done? Animal, please start breathing. Oh, God, please breathe. <laughs> okay, make believe time's over. Oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god. What'll Nanny do if she finds out? No one can ever know. I have to hide the body, but where? Think, imagination! Ah, uh, the one time I really need you! Click. Hello, Rolf. I want to play a game. I want to play a game. I want to play a game. Uh, it's a Muppet Baby Jigsaw. It's, it's. I think, specifically Kermit. Yeah, it does. Oh, you're right, it is Kermit, yeah. With, yeah, it took me a second. I thought the, the spirals were eyes. Yeah, I did too, I, but I see it now, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, it's Muppet Babies as Saw. Yeah. Next. <laughs> okay, some of this stuff you know he's just leaving to get around to get under your skin. This is obviously another ploy in his relentless siege of one-upmanship to get your goat. The same goat you've been meaning to bleat like ironically, but that'll still have to wait for a more appropriate time. You think he knows that deep down, you feel like you're still not ironic enough to get stuff like this. And this is probably some weird gauntlet he's throwing down to see if you'll get it. But honestly, you think this material is just a little too ironic. You just don't need to see this shit right now. Uh, go into the kitchen. Yeah, and he rightfully ripped that comic up. Yep. No sign of bro in here, either. Well, aside from the absurd quantity of awesome, dangerous stuff he leaves lying around. Uh, yeah, so we, we can notice that he did not actually leave the room. Right, it's all just sort of one room. Uh, they've got a panel from a sweet bro in Hella Jeff magneted to the refrigerator. With a game bro magnet. With a game bro magnet. There are just a load of fireworks in the sink. Uh, there are shurikens and nunchucks and swords all over the kitchen. And puppets. Yep. And some smuppets. And a smuppet or two, yeah. Yeah. And another jigsaw doll. Mm-hmm. Uh, transfer katana to strike specubus. With an escalating sense of threat, you think it's time you shift your katana to your specibus. You figure it's better to free up the card anyway, since you might need to grab some of this stuff. Uh, set blender to mix. So, to be clear, there is a little puppet in this blender, and, uh, it seems to just turn into a bloody pulp when he blends it. You guys, your bro stuck some fake blood capsules in that puppet? Pretty gross. Yeah. Yeah, that's not okay. That's not, yeah, that's... that's fucked up. Next. Yeah, you spot oh. one of your bro's many webcams nearby, recording the incident. The webcam is in the jigsaw doll. Yeah. It seems you may have just been an unwitting accessory to some sort of grisly puppet snuff film. You're not totally sure how you feel about that. Uh, I, I think I know how to feel about that. Yeah! That's not okay. No! That's not an okay thing to have your brother make you do. No, not at all. Well, not make you do, but still. Yeah, yeah. Dave is alarmed. Yeah, he's got his little tiny exclamation point back. Next. Let's, let's just keep going. Yeah. Uh, Dave rightfully chops the head off the Jigsaw doll and it lands in the blender. Yeah. Which now I'm thinking about what that would look like from, like, the camera's point of view, and maybe that was not the right move. Yeah, maybe. 
It depends on if it's wireless or not. That's true, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it disconnected when he cut the head off, that's one thing. I mean, there'd probably still people into that. Right, right. Captain Log busts his sword from behind the microwave. This might be the only thing in the whole apartment that's a bigger piece of shit than your own sword. You put it back behind the microwave where it belongs. It's all JPEG artifacted. Yep. Uh, let's set the blender to crush ice. Uh, the, the, the head's just sort of bouncing around in there. You're making a bit of a mess now. Let's hide the evidence in the microwave. <laughs> Go to open the microwave and a old load of Smuppets come out. Uh... See, like, his hobbies are cool and all, and you guess he's got to put his shit somewhere. But what if he just wanted to heat up a burrito or something? This kitchen is pretty much useless. Let's grab those fireworks at least. You capture log all the fireworks the sink has to offer. You just know these are going to come in handy. Why would they be in the sink if they weren't? Looks like one of them is stuck in the garbage disposal. Uh, Capsulog Churukens. You grab the shurikens and... Hey, careful where you're putting that stuff! Especially if you're looking to turn your Silidex into a powder keg full of sharp things. Shurikens and, uh, fireworks have the same hash key. Yep. Uh, next. You put the box of fireworks back into card five and prepare to start over... Or card three, apparently. That settles that, you guess. Yeah, so he, he put it in the blue box. Right, so now it's a box of fireworks, which has a different hash key than just fireworks. Yeah. Take nunchuck. Take the nunchaku. Once again, grabbing without thinking ahead. So nunchaku also resolves to a three. So fireworks are kicked out again. Next. <sighs> First you capture log the box again, while adeptly avoiding the shuriken trap, which you yourself set only moments ago. Yeah, so the, all the shurikens are now in the fridge. Yes, and he executed a dude dodge. Yep. Uh, next. You again round up all the fireworks. Time to regroup here. Uh, kept on each shuriken individually. You grab each shuriken one at a time, knocking out those nunchaku. But no worries, you've got a plan. So uh, without the S, shuriken resolves to something else, so he picks them up one at a time, he can put them in slot three. Yeah, which is where the... Nunchucks were, yeah. And now the nunchuck has knocked out the game bro. Yes, yeah. And is now on the microwave. And the panel of Sweet Bone Hell Jeff falls to the ground. Capsulog nunchucks. You take the nunchucks. Everything seems to be in order now. It would have been badass to go with the authentic Japanese names for each weapon, but sometimes you just gotta compromise with this modus. The hash map thing is hard enough to like fully understand when you're reading it, Explaining how it works in an audio format is really difficult. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sorry I haven't putting you through that. <laughs> like, if you are not familiar with how hash tables work, and why would you be? Mm-hmm. I, I am, but again, like, that, I learned about those in, like, my third year of my computer science degree. Uh, and Little Cow has disappeared. Yes, Little Cow's vanished from the turntable again. I don't like that, I don't like that guy. No. Let's examine the fetch modus. You flip over your fetch modus and check out the back. You're not really sure where it is you're keeping this thing. Ah, well, who cares. So it's got an eject button, and it's also got a few different hash functions. Right now it's set to where consonants are worth two and vowels are worth one. You can flip that, or you can set it so that, like, A is one, B is two, C is three, etc. You can add okay. new ones, and there's a checkbox called detect collisions. Oh, let's press the eject button. Really fuck this up. Ah, oh, hell no. Not after that all that trouble you went through to get that stuff situated. This is potentially a very dangerous button. 
Change to Scrabble Points hash modus. First you program your modus with a Scrabble Points hash function, adding it to the list. I'm not going to read this all out, but it lists what every letter is worth in Scrabble Points. This might be a cool function to use, but it looks like you'll have to empty your Silidex to select it. You're just not going to do that yet. No way. Uh, check the box, uh, detect collisions. Okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was talking about this earlier, but, uh, I feel like, uh, Palmsleuth and Homestuck, uh, Palmsleuth probably more so, but again, I've read all that, so I know more right. about it. Uh, usually in improv, you know, when you're improv with other people, it's a lot of yes and. Right. I feel like Andrew Hussey practices a no but. It's extremely no but, and it's to the point where anytime you hit a page in Homestuck where you just get to do what you wanted to do, like this one, it's yeah. surprising. Yes. Let's have Dave take the skateboard. He is examining a puppet that is staring straight up at the ceiling that's sitting on the skateboard. Just what is this guy so happy about? What's he looking at up there? You think if you see one more soft, bulbous bottom being like, kind of jutting out or impudent or whatever, you're gonna fly off the handle. Also, ne there's a lot of different colored baseball hats. Yeah, I, I noticed that. One for every occasion. Yeah. Uh, next. So, he slashed the puppet which sent it flying, and he cut off the tip of its weird uh, phallic nose, which I don't like. And then it slowly drifts onto the skateboard. Yeah. Next. You take the skateboard. Actually, no you don't. A collision's been detected. You take the, uh, wheeled ride. Man, your inventory's nomenclature is getting lamer by the minute. So now instead of, like, an item flying out of his inventory, because he's detected collisions, it just won't let him pick it up. Yeah. Which is probably better in the long run. Yeah, probably better in the long run, but... Must be weird for, you know, living in the world. It's like, oh, I can't pick that up. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, one of my favorite bits in Act 1 is when they just say, just put down the item, John. And he just kind of stares at it like, he doesn't understand what you mean. Yeah. Uh, Captog the unplugged power cord. You take the power cord? Wait, no, not gonna work. Think of a new word for power cord. You take the battery pack. Damn it! You take the battery pack using the Y as a consonant. Your Silidex reluctantly accepts. It's a tactic notoriously employed by hash map noobs, but you just don't care about that now. Besides, it's not like your bros around to see. Unless, of course, that shadowy figure that collected the puppet piece is. Well, that couldn't be. Of course, like, that'd be wild. Yeah. Next. Oh, oh, well. Oh. We, we saw a silhouette. Okay. Yeah. Of what could only be Dave's bro setting little Cal down behind Dave. Yeah, he's got those. He's got those shades. Yeah. Also, Dave's bro is apparently the Flash. Yeah. Next, <laughs> Dave turns around and does a really good jump, and like his mouth does not move, but I imagine him squealing. Yeah, he's got the little exclamation point again. Yeah. Search for some mad snacks, yo. Ah, oh, it was just little Cal again. You can never stay mad at him. Anyway, you've got to get this way rude hunger under control. You figure you ought to scope the fridge for some grub. This hunger is so ill-mannered it would make a room full of snooty dowagers commit mass suicide. Open refrigerator. Oh god, more shitty swords. 
Of course, you knew these were in here. You're not even sure why you looked. If you want to keep any food or beverages in this apartment, you're pretty much got no choice but to hide stuff away in the closet. Yeah, it's like, this is just getting, like, fully abusive. Yeah, yes. <laughs> like, not, like, bad, like, you know, this before is like, merely, like, bad, like, not, you know, guardianship. Right. Like, yeah, this now is just fully... <laughs> yeah, he just lives in a sex dungeon where he has to fend for himself for food and water. Yep, let's take the sword. Nah, hell with it. You try to take the entire jumble of unbelievably shitty swords and brace yourself for... Huh. Looks like that works, actually. You catch-log the jumble of unbelievably shitty swords. Uh, use the ice maker. It's still hot around here. You dispense several cherry bombs. God damn it. <laughs> Dave, like, yeah, he seems totally non-surprised and just done with all of this. <laughs> He's incredibly done. Uh, next. Wait. Who's that looking at you in the reflection? Oh, God. God, it's a little cow. Next, hey, little cow. Well, then he turns around, he's not there. <gasps> he's on top of the fridge. Where'd the little dude scamper off to this time? Catalog cherry bombs. You go for the cherry bombs unsuccessfully. After mulling it over a bit, you take the red spherical salutes. Salutes? Apparently that's a word that means explosives or something? Okay. I'm guessing from context? Yeah. Uh... Oh, a discharge of a gun or guns is a formal or ceremonial sign of respect. Like a 21-gun salute. Hmm. Take the blender. Blender is a pretty simple word, and you can already tell that's not going to work. Instead, you take the Whirling Blade Pitcher. That's really a much better name for it anyway. Activate the garbage disposal. Alright, that one firework got chewed up by the garbage disposal. Stuck down Mr. Purple Guy in the garbage disposal. Oh, God, he just gets, like, all deformed as he gets sucked down the drain. Uh, Ugh, this, this was a mistake. <laughs> You're still not sure what he's so happy about, or what he's looking at up there. Next. While you're at it, you dump the contents of the blender, oops, I mean the whirling blade pitcher, into the disposal. But you suffer an unfortunate garbage disposal head jam. You notice something in the reflection. Something above you. There's a little puzzle piece. There's a little puzzle piece. Let's look up. Yeah, there's like a an attic up there, and it's just a puzzle piece that says, Hello, Dave. And um, what I'm going to assume is red paint. What I'm going to hope is red paint, yeah. 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 It's the hatch to the crawl space above your apartment. Bro's always tucking away in there when he's busting out his rad stealth stunts. He's so slick that dangling cord never even jostles. You just know he's being ironic with these weird mind games. There's no way anyone could be serious about aping these shitty movies. <laughs> uh, let's use the turntables and cinder blocks to make a fort. Alright, he does that, which, as you know, Ashley, is of course a callback to Problem Sleuth. Yeah, he's gonna uh, use his imagination in there. Yeah. It's a pretty sweet fort you just made, and you're pretty sure your brother would agree. Under different circumstances, you might be high-fiving over it right now. But rather than get inside and take her for a spin, you really just need to use it to get up to that hatch. Uh, let's yank the cord. It's time to face your destiny. No going back now. Next. And it opens. Oh, uh, no! A giant pile of smuppets comes tumbling out. Uh, next. And Dave can do nothing but look on in horror as a cavalcade of... Puppet 
Nose dicks and plush butts rub up all over him. Yeah, then there, there's one that very uh, explicitly squishes on his head. Yes. Uh, that's that's nasty. You get lost in next. Yeah. Oh man, I just had a French aneurysm. Yeah, he's buried under like a five foot tall pile of smuppets. Yeah, there was pretty much no way there wasn't going to be a bunch of puppets in there. Yeah. <sighs> Next. And now he's just typing from inside of it on his phone. So this is, yet again, one we've read before, so I guess we're just sticking to the convention of switching places on it. So you've got Dave, I've got Rose. Okay, wait, hold on while I'm getting this stupid game for you. You're the one who should be wrist-deep in puppet-ass. What is the specific problem? The problem is I'm up to my goddamn neck and fucking puppet dong. You know you like the mannequin dick. Accept it. I am enrobed in chafing, wriggling, god-fucking-damn puppet pelvis. An obscenely long, coarse Kermit cuck is being dragged across my anguished face. Let's put this into perspective. You put up with the puppet prostate because you love it. Also, coarse is a good word. You don't seem to harbor any sympathy for the fact that bird fuck deep in lively, fluffy Muppet buttock. I'm whirling this terrible cyclone in the episode of my own personal holocaust of twitching foam noses. It's like a fucking apocalypse of perky proboscis here. Like, the apocalypse, I guess. Are you gonna start rapping about this? What? No. No, listen. Prong of flesh, bereft of home. Found solace twixt a cleft of foam. Oh no, Jesus. Of apocalypse your thoughts eclipse. A painted pair of parted lips. That dare through kiss to stir the air. That teases tufts of orange hair. And though faces flush in lover's fits. Hands snug and plush as gloves befit. Okay, Dickinson, if you can shut your perfumery trap for half a second. This is serious. I'm just saying... If I see one more soft, bulbous bottom being, like, kind of jutting out of impudent or whatever, I'm gonna fly off the handle. I'm gonna do some sort of acrobatic fucking pirouette off the handle and win, like, a medal or some shit. Then let's hope that it'll be a squishy derriere somewhere below the handle to break your fall. Let's read the note on the hatch. Bro. Roof. Now. Bring Cal. We're doing it, man. We're making this happen. First time of the puppet pal like the one. That is precisely what he does. Yeah. Just slices them to shreds. Dave, be the other guy. You're now the other guy. We're now John. Yeah. Hanging around in his room. Well, let's take the dowels and sheets from bed and make a tent. This is so much fun! A huge waste of time, yes, but so much fun! He does look like he's having fun. Yes, he does. Uh, yeah, he is. It's really quite a quite a thing. He has built some on top of a dresser. He has yeah, one yeah. in the back on the floor, but like one on two, like in the front. That's like, like he can just climb right under there and read some comic books. Yeah, <laughs> with his little ghost sheet. Yeah. Uh, next, <laughs> Rose used the cursor to just throw it all out the window. Yeah. <laughs> Who else could become a dick? Yeah, well, she's she's in a bad way. Yeah, no, true, true. Like, yeah, fair point. 
Uh, let's carve a totem to the punched pogo card. You put the punched card containing the pogo ride in the slot, and carve a totem from one of the Cruxite dowels. Repeat the process with the other cards and dowels. You use the card containing the code for the hammer, as well as the one with the random code you punched over the shaving cream card for the hell of it. You carve the respective totems for the cards. Uh, let's do the same thing with the Capsulog Capsulog card. You make a totem for a Capsulog card. Pretty bare-bones-looking totem, if you ask you. It's just a thinner cylinder. Yep. It's not a fancy vase like all the others. Mm-hmm. Let's collect the totems. You stow the totems in your Athenium. Uh, which is part of the spurb interface, I think. Yeah. And so you can see, like, how much each one costs. Yeah. And we can see the mystery one costs more and just has a question mark. Yeah, it is not revealing what that item is. Produce capture log card. The alchemist requires one unit of any type of grist to produce one card. You decide to use shale, since it seems generally less useful than build grist as of now. You make a whole bunch of them. Hey! Yes. Next. Whoa, did you just make all these? Yes. Sweet, thanks! What'd you do with all the blue, wobbly, vase-looking things? I brought the totems out to the alchemeter to test them. Um, taking some things into my own hands to save some time. Okay. I feel like that was just people talking. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm just gonna... <laughs> uh, next. You create a hammer at the expense of two units of build grist. Uh, next. You make a pogo ride, too. Minus five build, one shale. Uh, and next. You use the totem carved with a random code. You create a rocket pack with some random crap stuck inside it. Looks like a cinder block, a violin, and a flower pot. The items have rendered the device completely inoperable. Oh. So close, though. So close. Uh, next. You figure you might as well put this piece of junk to use, and they drop it on an imp. Yeah. Uh, collect cards. Using a little strategy, first you grab Harry Anderson's Wise Guy by Mike Cavaney, then the cards, then your ejected PDA, then the book again to flush the cards into your deck. Nice going! Let's turn to Tech Collision. You flip the fetch modi over, but find no such option. This is idiotic. Yes. Yeah, he can. He's got two fetch moduses, but they're both like flip sides of each other. Yep. Like there's no reason for it to be two separate cards. Yep. Read book. Be the wise guy. Great. Take it. Take a break, Ashley. <laughs> uh, take a break. There's a little surprise before dinner, and it cannot wait. Good. No, we can't do this. We can't. Okay. <laughs> We're running then, out of time. Yeah. <laughs> An introduction. Who's this wise guy? Blood loss in the Big Easy. New Orleans, 1977. The close-up room at the Magic Castle with this mean little box that tended to fill up with so much smoke you'd swear someone was cremating a wet dog in there. In walks Anderson. There isn't much that gets liquor to pause its journey from the table to my lips, but I'll be the bastard love child of a listless octoroon if that kid wasn't the cat that swallowed the canary in a dapper little hat. 
and looked like he was testing the tensile strength of his suspenders to the damn near limit with a pair of cocky thumbs. I wasn't impressed, but I was a fool. Somehow, in my motion for another beverage, he'd already slipped into polite conversation at a table held down by some notoriously brusque regulars. He had them in no time flat. They were melting butter at his glass ramekins. Whatever tidy yarn he'd spun to win them over, I didn't catch a word of it. One of them laughed. I was angry. Envious? Maybe a little. Yeah, you bet I was. Anderson had one of those little wooden finger choppers that Mickey Hades used to sell. The kind where the blade could be removed and clearly shown. It was a very convincing little guillotine that did not look like a novelty store toy. Harry would get a guy to examine the chopper and then cut a cigarette in half. Then he held the guy's hand up and told this silly story. The story, of course, was artifice, a distraction for the guy in the audience while he worked his stuff with the chopper. Or it would become that, once his famous chopper trick was perfected, vaulting him into fame, fortune, and the crowning position in the television judiciary. With what became a signature aplomb, Anderson was in moments a font of breast-pocket gauze, profuse apology, and redoubling determination. It's really amazing how hard it is to find a bloody sausage-sized piece of a guy on the floor of a room that dark and smoky. Impossible, I think we all proved. Just as impossible as blind Willie Buttermilk Stubbs was going to find it to work his trumpet tomorrow night without his twiddling fingers. Ooh. So blind Willie Buttermilk Stubbs... That, that one you might not know because it's a more obscure problem sleuth reference. No, yeah, that's... Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the blind jazz musicians that they summon as, like, personas. Yeah, that's... Man, problems is fucking weird. Yeah! Yes, it is. <laughs> like, that, that's, like, that's one of those where you can just say a random phrase with, you know, out of the context. Yeah. It just... It sounds like you're just making shit up. Right, right. Um... So this is a real book. Uh, some of the sentences in this uh, page are actually from the book. Uh, you know, a lot of it is uh, Andrew Hussey, but yeah, like the fa- like it's it is this weird like kind of like jaded biography of a guy from Night Court and his street magic. You never really understood what Cavani's relationship to Anderson was, or. Why he wrote this book about him. His ambivalent attitude towards your favorite magician in these anecdotes always struck you as a little weird. And to be honest, you tend not to read much of the text in the book. You mostly like to look at the diagrams for all the cool tricks. I'm now looking at it on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ashley, you cannot let your Homestuck fandom go so far as to no. buy a book that's referenced in the comments. No, no, definitely not. Uh... <laughs> Especially because it's like $65. Oh, jeez. And all of the reviews are Homestuck jokes. Oh, man. Of course they are. From Mr. John Egbert. Uh, one of my favorite books of all time. Full of hilarious jokes, anecdotes, and pranks. Fits great inside the chest alongside Sassikers. Now, I take issue with that because that, as we just read, is clearly not canonical. He does not care for the jokes or anecdotes in this yeah. book. Way to fuck it up, guy. Yeah, best read while wearing Beagle Puss glasses. <laughs> Let's go next. Let's go next. I-, I like the caption that just says, Harry and I never speak anymore. <laughs> yes, it's just a photo from the set of Night Court that says, Harry and I never speak anymore. And I get another page of text to read. A hole in the ace, a.k.a. the a-hole trick. 
Here's a perfect example of how Harry could ruin several decks of cards, waste everyone's valuable time, and have you love him for it. He was good at that. One day, he noisily emptied his suit jacket pocket onto the hood of his car in search of change for the meter. A clunky metal thing slid from the pile and bounced on the sidewalk. As I retrieved it for him, I asked what he was doing with a hole puncher in his pocket. His face lit up at the question like he was an elf, and I asked him how he felt about climbing into a hollow of a big tree to bake some cookies or something. The two-foot-six-inch height differential between us causes these comparisons to enter my mind. A small crowd had already gathered around, even before he produced the first pack of unmolested cards. How people seem to gather, and how they even know a street performance is about to take place, I'll never know. It's perhaps Anderson's greatest trick, luring the marks like that. I wanted to ask if he was sure about this, performing in broad daylight. He was used to working in dark rooms. It was usually the first thing out of his mouth when he'd queer a trick. I'm really more accustomed to working in a darker room than this. But Harry was excited, and had already butchered the first deck of cards with the hole puncher, and issued the first round of apologies to the crowd. These were like the primer apologies, the sort that got the folks loosened up a bit before the seven-course meal of ingratiation that would inevitably follow. He asked me for a fresh deck of cards, and I gave him one. The principle behind the trick in theory, as he explained to me later, was to punch holes in what appeared to be one card, but was in fact two or more together. Hence the difficulty he often had in squeezing the puncher with his little elfish hands. <laughs> then using some coy maneuvers with his thumb, temporarily concealing the hole while he slid the card beneath it in his palm, the hole would seem to disappear or move to another part of the card. Oh yeah, that's right, the old hole-in-the-ace trick. Interestingly enough, pretending to punching holes in cards and making them disappear and stuff. Your hands were never really strong enough to make this one work all that well either. But actually, this gives you an idea. Uh, next. You overlap two of the punched cards. They mask each other's hole patterns. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Put both cards on the totem lathe. You carve another totem using the new combined hole pattern. Take it to the alchemeter. Oh, man. Looks like Rose made, like, a million hammers for some reason. Get all this shit out of the way. You're about to make something sweet. Yeah. One of those imps is just... Just riding the pogo ride. Yeah. Having a good time. Yeah. And there's also a bunch of hammers. Yes. Next. He made a pogo ride hammer. Awesome. Yes. It's got springs. Yes, it does. Uh, next. You got the pogo hammer. A practice with the new weapon. He is so intense looking with this thing. He's just throwing the hammer around and it's bouncing and that imp that was riding the pogo ride looks real jealous. Yeah, what did you do? I combined the cards and the lathe thing and made this. It's so sweet. Man, look at me go! I see. That was a really good idea, John. Nice work. Thanks. I got the idea from Harry Anderson. Who? Uh, you know the show Night Court? No. Oh. Well, bottom line is, he's awesome. That's really all there is to say on the matter. Uh, attack the nearest imp to test Pogo Hammer's strength. You get a vicious rhythm bouncing combo going and easily slay the imp in one blow. You and the pogo rider catapulted sky high in the process. Yeah. <laughs> this is a pretty significant weapon upgrade. Yeah. Uh, next. Yeah, the uh, pogo ride just went flying. Oh, it's been in the upper right hand corner. Uh, don't worry about it. Upper right hand. <laughs> yes. Uh, next. And, oh, it... Landed in the tree in John's backyard and knocked an elf into the... Or knocked an imp, rather, into the abyss. 
They do have elfish hands. They do, yes. Uh, next. And John nearly fell through that hole into his dad's room, but Rose caught him with his bed. Sweet catch! Sweet catch! And uh, hella next. throw. Oh, next. Uh, and meanwhile, whatever that big thing that was climbing up the, uh, plateau was is now in John's house. Yeah, uh, next. And there's another one climbing <laughs> up the other side. Rose, pester John. Hey, that was a pretty, uh, nice, uh... Sweet catch? Save. Uh, oh, yeah, that. This is pretty comfy. Why don't you just, like, carry the bed around with me on it? Up to the gate up there. I can't interact with you directly or anything that you are touching if it was also removing you. See? Oh, lame. The gate probably regards that as kind of cheating. In a way, thieving you your free will as an adventurer and the need to advance by your own skill and ingenu uh, ingenuity. The sort of player is just a facilitator. Well, okay. All that scurrying around kind of wore me out. I think I'm going to rest here for a bit. Rose, can you keep the imps at bay? Uh, like, drop some stuff on them if they sneak too close? No, you should pick up your hammer and defend yourself. What? Come on! I have no idea what the hell Dave is up to, or if he's any closer to recovering the game. And there's some stuff I'd like to try in case he doesn't come through. Alright. I'm just gonna rest my eyes here a second, though. Uh, John, sleep. This is a, a sound one. This is a sound one. He's just laying there, staring up at that spirographic gate, and just drifting off into sleepy time land. Yeah. Oh, it's nice. Yeah. Z. Good old-fashioned sleep, Z. Yep, uh, check Alchemy Excursus, Rose. Looks like a sort of index documenting all the known results for punch card alchemy combinations. This could be a convenient resource as you start to stumble on more useful card combinations. But ever since John started punching cards, you've been contemplating other ways this item manufacturing system could put to use. In particular, if you obtain the code for any item at your disposal, you think you could theoretically send the code to John and he could make it himself. That is, if you can think of anything that'd be worth sending to him. Uh, Caps Log Spurb Server CD. And she ejects the disc, Caps Logs it. You, oh, you object the disc and caps lock the server CD. Fine narration. Yeah. <laughs> Message on the capture code. Oh, god damn it. There isn't one. Yeah. It's blank. Yeah. Rose seems nonplussed by this. Yeah, she's, she's giving herself a good old face palm. Yep. Which looks kind of silly because of how big their heads are. Yep. Next. Oh, no. Yep. Meanwhile, that generator... Is running down on power, I think. And there's a fire very close. And there's a fire. Uh, next. Okay, I, I mentally skipped a page. I didn't realize this was two separate pages. Yeah, the yep. generator died and the laptop died. Next. Yeah, facepalm X2 combo. Yep, that seems about right. Yeah. Uh, John, wake up. All right, it's another sound page. There's just a, a beautiful blue sky and clouds morphing into the shapes of all sorts of things he's seen on his adventures so far. Yeah. Gushers and cakes and the green slime ghost and there's Harry Anderson. Hey! And then there's one that looks like a person, but not like a kid, but not like one we've ever seen so far. Yeah. And then with a, a flash of spirographs, he wakes us all up. He's got someone some pestering him. What could it all mean? What could it all mean? 
I mean, I'm next. I, I don't ask me because I know. Yeah, I know you know. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> all right, he's getting pestered by GG. Hey. Whoa, there you are. How's your adventure going? It's John? okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'm making some progress, and Rose finally connected again, so she's helping me now. Oh, that's good. Oh, but like. I don't think I'm actually saving the world here. I don't know what I'm really accomplishing, but I guess it's not that. Well, I think whatever it is, it must be pretty important. Don't lose hope, John. I think it will all turn out for the best. Just stay positive. Uh, just keep listening to your grandmother's advice. Yeah, you're probably right, but... Um... I don't think I mentioned Nana to you, did I? Uh, uh... I don't think... No. Didn't you... Hmm, I don't know. Maybe you talked to Rose or Dave about it or something? Yeah, maybe that was it. They're really weird when they talk to me about you. Like, they're always trying to convince me you have some spooky powers, but I'm always like, no, she seems like a pretty regular girl to me. <laughs> but then when I think back, maybe there are times when it seems like you know some things? Like, maybe you know more about a thing than you're telling me? I, I don't know. Oh, well, John, I want to explain lots of things to you. Some things that I know. It's just waiting. Waiting for what? Oh, John, I forgot I was messaging you about the meteor that fell near my house. Oh, yeah, whatever happened with that? Oh, boy, well, it turns out I was confused about it. Really confused. And I guess I fell asleep for a while and lost track of time. That happens. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. Maybe you should, like, wear an alarm clock or something. So what was the deal with the meteor? Well, it's hard to explain, but I know what it is now. And I know that everything's going to be okay. So what is it? Or is this just another thing you're waiting to tell me? Oh, gosh, Jared, I really want to tell you all this stuff. But I can't yet. I really think you need to wake up first. Huh? Well, okay, not literally, well, okay, maybe kind of literally. Ah, stop being so confusing! Lol. <laughs> anyway, time for you to go, John. I think you have some company. Diagnostic ceased pestering ectobiologist. That's a weird thing she said just then. Yep. Oh, there's a lot of weird things in there. Well, there's a lot of weird things, but I think the thing at the end is probably the weirdest. Yeah, that's quickly grab the pogo hammer. <laughs> Obviously, John's been in a coma all this time. Oh, it, yeah, that, that's the end of Homestuck. Yeah. <laughs> I told you I was disappointed at how it ended. Yeah, no, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> you stick the pogo hammer back in your strife specimus and get ready to kill some more of these pesky little... Huh? What's that? Uh, next. Oh, man, I, I almost had... I resisted the urge to hum ominous music because I remembered I'll just edit in ominous music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a big amp, but it's carrying... Colonel Sassikers. Yeah, it's carrying the old copy of Colonel Sassikers. Next. Oh, the little imp is... This is adorable. John and the little imp are just cowering behind the bed together. Yeah. They're friends now. Yep. Tentacle therapist. Ceased pestering ectobiologist. Rose, why aren't you dropping something on that thing? Oh, no. John, be the imp. You be the imp and quickly abscond the fuck out of there. This is what weaker adversaries do whenever things get too hot to handle, which is frequently. Uh, John, prepare for a boss battle. 
You stop being the imp because that was stupid and scurry over to your magic chest that you suddenly remembered was on the roof. There are some things in here you'd, that would be good to stock up on for a major battle. But it looks like someone's plundered your chest! This is so outrageous! Ah! Next! Oh, some tree branch has been snapped off the tree and they're just climbing away at that house. Yep. Next! You're being ambushed! There isn't much room to maneuver on this sloping roof. Maybe you should consider making your way to higher ground. Ascend to the highest point of the house. You go up there and just start banging on that imp that's up there. Banging near that imp. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, look down. You peek over the edge, but it's the wrong edge, John. Next. It already seems like a long way down to your yard. Not even to speak of whatever's below. Hey, weren't your trick handcuffs dangling from that branch earlier? Damn it, why do imps gotta be making off with all your sweet gear? Turn around, turn around. There's a thing it's, it's, there that can be found? Is yep, yep. Okay. Sorry, in my head I was thinking Total Eclipse of the Heart, so it took me a second I to think of what you were doing. Yeah. <laughs> you, oh, he's got two crude ogres above him. Yep. You're confronted with a pair of enormous foes. This is it. You have no choice but to wage a fierce rooftop battle. This is totally going to happen now, and could in no way conceivably be interrupted by a sudden shift in our attention. It's go time. It's time to do this thing. We're doing it, man. We're making this happen. Dave, stop being the other guy. You stop being the other guy. You're not even sure what that meant, anyway. Dave, ascend to the highest point of the building. Got another sound page. Dave's just looking at that note and clutching it dramatically. Doing some last-minute... Capsulog preparations. I really acrobatic like fucking pirouette. Yeah, this is a rad song. Yeah, if I remember right, this song is just called "Dave Owns It." This game, dramatic stair climbing. This is great radio, by the way. Oh yeah, right. I mean, the the music will be edited in. Just enjoy the music, listener. Yeah, it's a good song. Yeah, there's not a lot happening for us to describe. It's mostly just mood setting. Yeah, get off our backs. It does seem to be a pretty big, fiery spiral. So this this is a weird thing to understand, because uh, it never really gets explained directly. That's just how he's drawing the sun. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure why, because the sun doesn't really look that way. Oh! His bro's on the roof. Yep. Psych. Oh shit, it's GG! It's GG! Oh wait. Oh wait. Times two double psych out combo. We're with WV now. And there's an old pumpkin. Yep, there's a lot of things just sitting around in here. Uh, next. You are now the wayward vagabond. Yeah.